Spirit to come. Lord, we thank you that we can come and rejoice in your presence. We can meditate and learn from your word and grow deeper in you, Lord. We thank you for your presence here. We welcome your Holy Spirit to have your way in this place tonight. We want to grow deeper in you, Lord. Be transformed. Go from glory to glory. We come against any distractions, anything that the enemy would try to do to take from this night. And we pray your protection, Lord, that you'd send your ministering angels to assist tonight and your peace in this place. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I need that um, on. Is that on? Yeah, oh yeah. All right, well, if you turn with your Bibles with me to Romans chapter 10. We're in the book of Romans. Romans is such an awesome book that you can just preach. I reckon you could preach for a couple of years just out of Romans. But um, recently I spoke about how the foundation of our faith needs to be based on the truth of what? That God is good. good. That's right, that God is good. And if we base what we believe and what we trust in and the fact that he is good, then uh, that's an awesome place to begin and to build our foundation on that because God is good. You can just keep on coming back to what's going on. God is good. No matter what comes, that God is good. And uh, Romans 10 16 says, let's read it together. Actually, it's verse 17. It says, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And God's word reveals the goodness of God. So faith comes by hearing God's word and hearing that he is good. All right? If you don't read what God says, you can't base your faith on anything. You're just going to base it on feeling and you're ready to run into trouble if you do that. So we base our faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by God's word. And I often say it's hearing and hearing and hearing. You, can, you know, you can never get enough of God's word because the world comes to kind of crowd it out. And so we need to keep on putting God's word in. And that's why we encourage you to read your Bibles every day and read through the New Testament this year and a year and just to get God's word in because it builds our faith that God is good. Amen? And when trials and tribulations come, and I was reading this week that the Greek word for tribulations is actually pressure. So well, sometimes we think tribulations are oh, we're fed to the lions or we're stoned or, you know, you're being... You know, you're off in a missionary and something, something, you know, under attack or anything. But tribulations is actually, from the Greek, means pressure. So when you're under pressure, anybody been under pressure this month? Yeah? When we're under pressure, we've got to come back to our faith that we receive from hearing and hearing and understanding God's word. Because that's when we can stand against the pressure. Tonight I want to talk about faith, but also about another another. Um, thing that a power that God gives us, and that's patience. Faith and patience—they're like t- power twins. They work together. And so tonight, I want to just encourage you that when you're faith, you're hearing God's word, and then alongside that, God gives us patience, and He develops us in faith, but also He develops us in patience, so that we're not undermined, we're not taken out, we don't give up, because we've got patience growing and developing on the inside of us. Are you ready? Yeah, something good's going to just be received and revealed to you tonight. I just can feel it, and uh, God's here, so I'm excited about this. And uh, Philip's probably going to go, come on, hurry up if I go too long, but that's all right. He, he stole my sermon, half of it, so. 
Almost everywhere you see faith mentioned in the Bible, you also see patience. Are we right down there? We also see patience. And uh, if you turn to Hebrews 6, verse 12, I'm going to turn to Hebrews because we're going to be in there a little bit tonight. Hebrews verse 6, chapter 6, sorry, and verse 12. Hebrews 6, towards the back of your Bibles. Hebrews 6. Verse 12, I'm making it easy for you tonight to put it up there, but, you know, it's good to click in your Bibles too or your phones or whatever. Let's read from verse 11. It says, And we desire that each one of you know the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end. Verse 12, that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Patience by itself without faith has no power to call into reality the thing that you are praying for. You need to have faith and patience working together. If you're just patient about something, oh, it'll happen, I'm just being patient. No, you need faith. Because faith is what calls things into being. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, Hebrews 11 says. And patience is what helps us to keep on standing. Patience by itself has no power to bring something into reality. So don't get, you know, oh, I'm just being patient, it'll happen. No, you've got to exercise your faith and it's undergirded, it's lifted up, it's strengthened by patience. Yeah? So God wants us to develop both in faith and in patience because that is what is going to keep us standing when the pressure is on and when trials and tribulations come. It's your faith, but your patience helps you to keep on standing because that's what God says. When you've done all else, when you've stood in faith, when you've spoken the word, it says you keep on standing and it's your patience that helps you to do that. Yeah, and often we are very impatient and our world is an impatient world. You know, it's like microwaves taking too long. I was trying to defrost a roast the other night, last night and I'm like, come on. You know, we, we're taught to be impatient. Our world is like a every, you know, quick, quick, quick. And, uh, but God's, God says he, want, he wants us to develop impatience. And uh, when we do that, we're going to be able to stand. So we need patience to stand firm. Without the power of patience at work, we'll allow our senses to um, undermine and overwhelm our faith. If we don't, aren't patient, then we're going to go, I'm, I'm Lord, I've prayed this and I've stood on your word and you're doing all the right things. But with, if you do not have patience backing up your faith, you're going you're gonna to fall down, you're going to let go. You're, gonna, you're quite possibly going to let go of what you're believing and you know God has given you because you're, just, you're looking for what you see. And your faith will start to, oh, it's not happening. So, But if you have patience undergirding your faith, you're going to keep on standing and you're going to hold on until you see manifest that thing that you're holding, that you're believing for. See, Abraham, he had faith to believe that God would bring about a son for him, even though it seemed impossible, but he also was patient and he had to wait. And so God wants us to be developing in patience. Patience undergirds our faith and gives us endurance to persevere until the answer comes. Faith is a powerful force that always works. You put faith into action and you, you, and you operate in the powerful force that God created it to be, and it's a force, it's not a static thing, it's dynamo power in it. When you, when you put faith to work, it always works if you do not um, let go. Yeah? But sometimes... Without the power of patience at work with us, 
we can, we can let go in faith, we can start to speak the wrong things, we can mutter, we can allow our negative confessions to come out of our mouth and our actions say completely opposite to what we are. I'm believing for a new home or I'm believing for this person to be saved. I'm believing for breakthrough in this area and you say it and you say it but then you get impatient because you don't see it happening and so you start to say negative things. You get out of bed on a Monday morning and you're like, oh, it's another week, blah, 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 blah. You know, and the enemy knows and he knows that our world is impatient so he whispers in our ear or somebody says something to us and bang, our faith starts to, oh, oh, oh. And this is where patience, the power twin of faith comes in. He goes, hang on a minute. God is good. You hang in there. Be patient. And that's what God wants to develop patience. So we will not let go of the promise of God. And we won't let our flesh start to dictate what our spirit's saying. Because our flesh is the one that gets impatient. Yeah? Anybody else? Yeah? I want it to happen now. What are you doing? Look at everybody else. It's happening to them. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and so we get impatient and our flesh starts to dictate to our spirit what is happening. And God wants us to be standing in faith and patience. Romans 10, 8 says, The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Romans is a good book. Yeah, keep on reading it. If you're behind, just keep on reading it. We're in Romans. The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. When we are under pressure, what do we say? What's the last sort of things you say late at night? Or when you're home from work and it's been a long day or studying, what is it that you start to say? Because when we're under tribulation and trials and pressure, because that's what it is, what does your mouth and your heart start to speak? Because out of your heart, what you truly believe, that's what comes out of your mouth. Yeah? And when we're pressured, what, what does your mouth start to speak? That's where you'll know where you are in faith. Yeah? And so you go, ah. Oh. You know, but you can come back in and you say, Lord, sorry for that. I'm just believing and get back into the word. Because faith comes, if your faith takes a hit, get back into God's word. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and starting to understand. And revelation comes of what God has for you. And he, the Bible says that by faith and patience, we will inherit the promises of God. It's not just one promise either. It says promises of God. Yeah? That's awesome, I think. I got excited when I was reading this. Look at that. Hebrews 4 talks about a rest that comes through faith and uh, patience, a rest that enables us to stand. And, and if you can read it this week, it's too long to read tonight, but it talks about that the Israelites, they were impatient and they, you know, the Israelites are a really good example of impatience. They were, God had led them out of Egypt and, and, you know, rescued them from the Egyptian army and they're out there in the wilderness and God was like, you know, with them and they got impatient. Moses got impatient. And, uh, and it was like they, they did not enter the rest of God because they didn't let their faith and their patience work together. And it says that a rest in God is gained by taking time to put God's word in your mouth and in our hearts, causing our faith to grow. And as it says in Hebrews 4.11, it says, Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest. We actually have to be diligent to build our faith and grow our patience. It just doesn't happen. I know we all want it to happen. We're going, oh, I just want to be like that person. They're so big in faith and they're so patient and they have breakthroughs. You know what? There's always a story behind something. somebody's having breakthroughs. There's always a story behind people who are big in faith when you look at them. They've had to do the, be diligent to put in God's word and to stand in faith and be patient because that's how it works. That's how the spiritual forces work is you have to be diligent. 
And we're encouraged not to grow sluggish, but to use our faith and patience to inherit the promises of God. And uh, so out of bed on Monday morning, Tuesday morning, Wednesday morning, to be diligent, to read God's word and put it in. And, you know, when you get the prayer text, I'm going to pray and to be encouraged and just to keep on keeping on. You know, um, I was thinking about this and some of the the in-your-face things in my life that I've learnt this in is when I was pregnant, probably with Anna, because she was there first, and I, my mum handed me this tape, and it was called Supernatural Childbirth, and I know several, many of you have heard my story about that, but uh, I had to put God's word in. I got this revelation that, and just saw from God's word that, as Philip was talking tonight, from Galatians chapter 3, verse 13, that we have been freed from the curse. And the curse that was put on women, that they would have to bring forth children with pain. And then I saw that we have been free from that. But it just doesn't happen that your faith just grabs hold of that. When the world says, no, you're going to travail and you're going to have awful pain and it's going to be awful. And so you have to actually build your faith to believe what God says over here rather than what the world says that you're in circumstances in the physical realm. So yeah, actually it's a spiritual force that you have to put into play to actually grab hold and inherit the promises of God. Because that's what Hebrews says, that if you stand and you're patient and build your faith, that you are inherent the promise of God. And one of the promises of God is that we are free from the curse of the law. So think of all the curses. Think of what this law of sin and death brought in, and we are free from that. And one of those things that I got hold of is I'm free from pain of childbirth. And so I, I love it because I kicked the devil's butt. I just didn't do it once. I did it six times. And so I have this cool testimony. But, uh, and, and, you know, God shows off and gives you big fat babies of 4.3 kilos and Stuart was the same. No pain, no painful contractions, just gave birth with joy. Yeah? But it is that I put in God's word and it just didn't happen. I had to be diligent and stand on the promises of God and put it in and, just, and then I entered a rest. The rest of God because I put in God's word. And that's how it works with anything that we're believing for is we've got to... The more we put in God's word, the more we renew our minds, we're transformed by that, and then it gets in your heart and your mind, and then you enter this rest. It's when you have, you know, a bill come, and you're thinking, oh, Lord, how am I going to pay that? Is that you get back to God's word, and you build your faith that God is our provider, that he is our Jehovah Jireh, that he is, meets all our needs, and that I'm a tither and I'm a giver. And, and as we do that, we build our faith, and then we just are undergirded by patience to just believe that God is going to see us through. Um, the other thing as I was thinking about when I was thinking about being patient is that um, Philip, he had this revelation. We'd always had these beaten up cars that would break down all the time. And we lived in Kalgoorlie and quite often we would see a lot of the scenery from here to Kalgoorlie and back again because we could only drive at like 40 to 60 k's. So it's a six hour trip usually so you can do the math. And uh, so we had this awesome car that would overheat and, and there were Philip who said, right, you know, I'm blessed. And God has, a, you know, God has better than this for us. And so God said to him, well, what do you want? So he went, oh. So he went to the round and started to look, and he says, I want a Prado. And uh, a grand, Prado Grande, and that's like it had leather seats and uh, works, and, and uh, it was a pretty smicko car. And, uh, and so we were, okay, well, we started to meditate on God's word and get it in our hearts and our minds. And, we, and he put in and put in, and we're like, yes. And you get this title deed. Hebrews taught it that you have what you are believing for. And so we got that title deed that we, deed that we have a Prado. We have a Prado and it's, it's got leather seats and it goes and it's, and it's nice and new and all these things. It doesn't break down on us. 
And then, and then you see the thing about faith that God wants us to put it into action. Put your money you know, where your mouth is. Well, he says, you put your wheels on your faith. He says, you put wheels on your faith. So our car, actually, that we're driving broke down then. And we're like, oh, what are we going to do now? Good one, God. You say, you know, you can bless us. And now our car that we do have is broken down. And, he's, and God's really good because when you're husband and wife, your husband can have all these awesome ideas and get this revelation back. You have to come and support the same, vice versa. And the Lord spoke to me and said, I want you to give away your car. And I said, well, it's broken, so what use of it? He says, all right, I'll send, get somebody to give you some money, and when it's fixed, I want you to give this car away. So I said to Philip, this is what the Lord has said. So the next morning, we get this phone call, hey, from somebody, you know, not in Perth, saying, hey, I've heard your car is broken down. Um, I want to pay to fix it. I'm like, well, we didn't say anything to anybody. That's a God thing. So they paid for it to be fixed. And in the meantime, this person that, that God had picked out to give it to, they were in this, this sermon talking about tithing, where they had never, ever tithed diligently in their whole life before. And God spoke to him and said, if you give and you tithe, he said, I will bless you. And he said, well, I need a car. He said, all right, you start to tithe and I will give you a car. You know what? God picked that person out and said, you give that car to them. We didn't know that they had just started tithing. Isn't God cool? And so we gave them the car and they are like just blown away by that. But then, here we are with three children, no car, and, a, and just, all right, God, we're believing for our Prado, no car. Started to take the bus to get the shopping. No, we've, we've got a car, we've got that Prado. Lord, you said it, we're standing in faith. And then he goes, all right, but... I'm not happy with the school they're in, so I want you to move them to the school that's in Victoria Park. Now, we were living here, so that's like a little bit of a bus ride now. And uh, so we're like, awesome, God. Yep, just keep on believing. You know, you don't get faith without actually putting it to action. Yeah? You can look at people and go, oh, they've got an amazing story, but there's also always a process. So we're on this bus. Oh, we get on the bus with Anna and Shara at 7 a.m. in the morning. We're before 7 I trek it, and Rebecca was a baby, so I had her on my hip. I get on the bus, and uh, it was a great Christian school. I'd been in a public school, and we decided that God wanted to, um, them to go there and picked it out. And uh, get on the bus at 7, get to, get to school, get back through the city, get home at like 11-ish, have a whiz around, do the house, we're back on the bus at 1-ish to pick them up at 3, and back we'd go again, back and forth, back and forth. We do that for a whole term. Back and forth, back and forth. And then, you know, I could have got an attitude. I could have muttered at God. But I said, you know what? God says we've got a Prado. He said that if you give away, I'll, I'll fix your car and then give it away. Well, you're, you know, God, I'm just going to believe that you have a plan in this. So back and forth on that ba- bus, on the back row, I'd sit there, Lord, thank you for my Prado. Thank you for the car. Thank you for the electric windows. Thank you for the leather seats. And just keep on thanking him and speaking the promises that God had said to us. By faith and patience, you inherit the promises of God. And you know what? By the end of first term in April, we had this car. That this wad of money came into our life and we went and bought this Prado. And, and you know what? It was exactly the same colours as the car that we'd given away. Isn't that funny? And it was like, and we drove that car for months and months, or a couple of years really, until we decided to change it. And, uh, but we learned that it is by faith and patience, sitting in on that back of that bus, up and down twice a day, um, just, you know, run off your feet because you're like, you know, but you, it's by faith and patience that you inherit. And, it, and you have to be patient in those times where you've stepped out and acted on your faith and you're going, God, where are you? And that's where patience comes in and undergirds us as you go, you know what, 
God is faithful. God is good. And it undergirds our faith so we speak the right things. Yeah? And that's how, God, how it works. You know, an awesome man of God um, who I, I just get excited and Philip was sharing about him at the prayer meeting on Tuesday is Caleb. And um, Caleb was, was one of the great men in the Bible. He and Joshua, two of, two of the spies that were sent out into the promised land, and um, they led the, you know, as a, Israelites were led out of Egypt. And he and Joshua are the ones that believe what God said about them as a people. They believe that God had given them a promised land flowing with milk and honey. They chose to believe what God said. The rest of the spies and the rest of the people, they had an issue. They did not, weren't strong in faith. But these, these men, Caleb and Joshua, they believed what God said and they stood on it and they went out to this land and they brought back these huge grapes and all these fruit and said, this is a good land that God has given us. Everybody else wanted to stone them. But they said, no, this is a good land. And they stood. And if you read... Um, I'll read to you from, from Numbers that the rest of the Israelites, they actually came and they were, you're not going to inherit the promise. Anybody 20 years and older, because you all said it's not a good land and the spies came back and they said, oh, no, no, there's giants in the land. We don't want to go into the land. And Joshua and Caleb, yes, it's a good land. No, no, get rid of those two. You're not taking us in there. There's huge giants and and men that have you know, big spears and we're gonna, we should have gone back to Egypt and all this stuff, all this negativity. But you know what? Whenever you step, step out in faith, there's always going to be negativity come at you from somewhere, usually from those close, usually from those close to you. And so they, they, um, they're like, they're ready to get rid of them. And so um, God actually said, all right, well, you guys, you, you didn't believe. You're not in, in faith, then you're going to miss out. And so anybody 20 years... And under, you're going to be able to inherit the promise. But everybody else, you're going to live to 70 or 80. And that's it. And so Caleb, he's like, well, I'm believing. And if you read in, um, I'll just find my reference. If you read in, we'll go to Joshua verse, chapter 14, verse 6. And you'll see that after 40 years in the desert, um, you have to remember that Caleb is watching all his friends and other families die young he's and and he's like well, what's going to happen and God had said to him because you believed I'm going to let you and Joshua go into the promised land and you know he stood for 45 years on a promise for God from God it was 45 years before he went into the promised land but Caleb and Joshua they chose to believe and God said because you believe because you said it was a good land because you agreed with me because you didn't mutter against me God said you only are going to go you and your offspring will go into the promised land and he waited for 40 odd years while everybody else parked it yeah imagine that that is a man who has patience Here's a man of patience and faith that he just kept on standing. And it would have been hard because, you know, the next guy in the next tent, well, he died at 70. The next one over there, well, you know, they'd grown up with him. Well, he died at 70. And here he is, lasting out. And so he was a man of patience. If you think somebody is patient, he, he, just, he went on one word from God that he would inherit the promise of promised land. And I want to read with you just what God said. It's in uh, verse... Joshua 14, verse 6, it says, they're just about to go off to the, to the, and cross over the Jordan when Joshua and, and Moses had um, gone to be with the Lord and, and Caleb, Joshua says, all right, it's time to take the land. And in verse 6, it says, And the children of Judah came to Joshua and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, the 
Hezanite, and said to him, You know the word which the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me to spy out the land and brought my back word to him as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren who went out with me made the heart of the Lord mount, but I wholly followed the Lord my God. So Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land where your foot has trodden shall be your inheritance and your children forever, because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. And now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive, as he said, these 45 years, ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses, while I wandered it where we wandered in the desert. And now here I am, 85 years old. As yet I am as strong this day as on the day that Moses sent me. Just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war, both for going out and for coming in. Now therefore give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke to me in that day. For you heard in that day how the Anakim were there, and I will take it. Here's this guy that waited 45 years for the promise of God that God had spoken to him. 45 years he was patient. 45 years he waited with one word from God. He's an awesome man of patience. He's an awesome man of faith. If we could be like Joshua and Caleb, I tell you what, we'd kick butt. Yeah, because he would not let go. And that's how God wants us to be. As men and women of faith, when God speaks something into our hearts that we would not let go. When we see something in God's word and we know it's a promise, that we're free from the curse, that these are the promises that we have, that we would imitate these men and women of faith and patience and not let go of what God has said. It's like you are pregnant with the promise of God because it is conceived in you by God's word. And it gets conceived in you and it starts to grow in you and you've got to feed it, you've got to look after it. And anybody who has been around a pregnant woman knows that at first you can't see that they're pregnant. Well, that's what it's like with faith and patience is at first you can't see what you're believing for. It's like, where is it? Well, I'm... You know, ultrasounds have changed a little bit that you can see very early on. Could we imagine the world before ultrasounds? It's like, is she pregnant? Yeah? And that's what it's like when we're believing for the promises of God is you can't see it. And that's where our patience has to come because, you know, I can't see it, but I know that God is true. I know that God is good and he has said it in his word and he revealed it to me and I'm going to stand. And then as you stand in patience and faith and you keep on feeding and developing your patience, it grows just like a baby grows. And you're pregnant with that thing. You know, I'm pregnant with land. I'm pregnant with a school. I'm pregnant with blessing. I'm pregnant with multitudes of people getting saved. I'm pregnant with a trip to Europe. I'm pregnant with my sons and my daughters being raised up in the house of God and marrying mighty men and women of God. I'm pregnant with that because that is what I'm believing for. Yeah? And it's like that, is that God has conceived it because I saw it in his word that great is the, um, the peace of those seed of the righteous. So my children are at peace. My children are blessed. Yes, yeah? so I am pregnant with the fact that God is good and he's got his hand on them. I'm pregnant with a school that is going to raise up a generations of people that know him, that have the gospel preached to them every day that they are there. Yeah? And you know, we were pregnant with this church before we see it. But that's how it is and you speak it and you look after it and you bless it and if something negative comes, you know, we get told all the time, what would you want to build a school for? Blah, blah, blah. And every negative thing that can be said comes at us. You would not believe. Nice Christian people. What would you want to do that? Oh, that's a bad thing to do. Oh, that's a money pit. You know, all the things. And you've got to go, you know what? God birthed this in us. He, he conceived this in our hearts and minds years and years ago that he wanted to do this. And so you've got to look after it and speak it. Whatever God puts in you, you look after it. And you speak God's word and then you undergird that with patience. 
that God is good and it will come to pass, just like a baby. You can't see that baby and it takes nine months to come about, doesn't it? If you're an elephant, how long does it take? A lot longer. Two years. Yeah? Two years. Imagine being that mother elephant. But do you know what I mean? It's like he conceives it in us and we've just got to look after it because you do not want to miscarry the promises of God that he has spoken to you. And too often as a church, we have missed out on what God has for us as a church, that we are mighty, that we are favoured, that we are blessed, that you know that we have blessing on us and we are blessed to be a blessing. But we miss out on that because we let it miscarry in our hearts. We let it be stolen out by the cares of the world and the trouble and tribulation and pressure comes because we don't undergird our faith being patient that what God has said he will bring about. Because by faith and patience you will inherit the promises of God. That's scripture. God is faithful to his word. He will not depart from it. He is alert and active watching over it to perform it. Yeah, God is true. God is good. And if you stand on it, your faith will work. Undergirded by patience to kick butt. Yeah? Amen. You can get happy about that. Yeah? I've flown through my notes. <laughs> faith and patience are two powerful forces that work together. Now, I just want to talk a little bit about, before I finish, about trials and tribulations so that we understand that the common tradition says that a trial and tribulation develops our faith. It doesn't say that in Scripture. It says that your faith comes by hearing God's word. Faith comes by hearing God's word. Trials develop what? Your patience. Read with me in James chapter 1 and verse 2. There we go. It says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Now, if that's a promise, I don't know. If that's not an awesome promise, I don't know what it is. Look at that. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Your faith is not developed by trials and tribulations. Faith comes by hearing God's word and understanding it. Your patience is developed when it's tested and you're under pressure. And it, and it gets strong and it gets a rest in it that God is good and he's going to see me through. But don't I misunderstand you? Oh, God is just, you know, testing my faith and growing me in faith. No, faith comes by knowing God's word. And you've got to put it in. You know, my mum's not here tonight, but she'll share with you that she, um, she was in a church that priest preached that, you know, God is our healer, that we're by the stripes of Jesus we are healed, that he took all our infirmities. And all those things, all those scriptures, every week she was preached that. And she came from a conservative background where she didn't hear that. Seven years, every this little church in Kalgoorlie, she got preached at. She got cancer. And she said that word that she had, that her day in, day in and day out, it got put in at cell groups at, at church, that had built her faith so that when cancer came, she went, you know what? God is my healer. But if she only had that faith and that, and that inside of her because she'd heard and heard and heard that God is her healer, that Jesus is her healer. And so she was able to stand on God's word and she would sit up in the middle of the night and she'd get into God's word, but it was the more pressure was put on. What did she do? Did she mutter? Did she say, I'm going to die? This is going to get me? She, you know, the doctor said you've got 5% chance of living. She said it started in your uterus and now it spread to your lungs. Everything was against her in the natural, but she said, no, I've heard this preached. I know this now. I've heard it and I've heard it. 
and she put it in and she would sit up in the hospital bed and she would be having chemo because they said, well, we'll give it a whirl. And she would sit and she said, God is my healer. And she would just sit there and, it, and she, she broke through. They, people would look to see her down the street and say, I thought you were meant to be dead. You know, does she look dead? No, she doesn't. That was 22 years ago. Yeah, not a sign of it. You know, and she was medically, she should not be here. She has testimony after testimony of where she has stood for her healing. But you know where it came from, that faith? It came by hearing and hearing God's word. And she was patient and she stood on God's word no matter what anybody said. But her faith in trial was not developed by the trial, it was developed by God's word. And her patience grew through the trial. And she, she's, she's an awesome testimony and a memorial to God's goodness. Yeah? And, you know, if you talk to her, she, she, I say, you should write some of the stuff you hear down, Mum, but, you know, I've seen down. Um, but it, it's in, it wasn't developed, her faith to stand like that in the trial. It was developed by hearing God's word. Her patience is developed in a trial. And, and that's important to understand. But I get excited when I see that our patience, that will be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. That when we're under trial and pressure, that patience develops in us so that we would lack nothing. And that's why we're to count it all joy. It's not the trials that we go, oh, Lord, thank you that you're sending a trial and tribulation and oh, I'm, you know, I'm an awesome Christian because you know, I must be under trial and tribulation. And you get that in some conservative churches. You'll hear that. Oh, you know, God's just testing me and uh, you know, it's his will. And, so, and I'm like, well, why are you going to the doctor then? Okay. Well, why are we hearing about God's testing you? But it's not that. It's that you count it all joy because you're going to overcome. You count it all joy because your patience is going to be perfected so that what? You'll be complete and lack nothing. That's an awesome promise. God's word is cool. Yeah? The same thing as in Romans chapter 5 and verse 3. It says, And not only so, but we glory in tribulations, also knowing that tribulation produces perseverance or patience, and perseverance character and character hope. When pressure or tribulation comes, it is our faith in God's word undergirded by patience that will enable us to overcome. We rejoice in the overcoming. We don't have to rejoice in the tribulations. The tribulations are just growing our patience. Our faith is built on God's word. When you come under pressure, where do you go? What do you say? Get back into God's word. If you feel yourself muttering, turn on a loud vacuum cleaner, coffee machine, buzzy thing, whatever, so you can't hear yourself muttering. Yeah, because it's hearing. You want to hear God's word, not yourself. Yeah? If you live in a house and somebody's saying, blah, 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 this, some, that, everything's... You say, excuse me, go read your Bible. Yeah? When, when I was sitting on the back of that bus believing for a card, I would have this little cards with God's promises in it. And I would write down, every time the enemy would come at me, I said, you keep on bothering me, devil, I'm just going to have a stack of cards I can kick you with. You know, so I'd have, you know, that God is our provider, that I would have it, I am blessed you know, that everything I need I have in him. And if I'm a giver, then you give back to me. Pressed down, shaken together, overflowing into my lap. And I would just hit it. And so the devil eventually got the message that I wasn't going to back down and he stopped whispering at me. You know, and I would just sat on that back of that bus and I grew in faith and I grew in patience. And I tell you what, we had a little party when that car arrived and I wanted to get a photo out and show you of our Prado because it was, it was a cool car, you know, and... Uh, we decided to change it and we ended up with a Progero at one stage, but, you know, we changed up. So, uh, <laughs> a bad move, you reckon. <laughs> but when we are pressured and our natural eyes see only defeat, 
That is when our faith must speak. That is when our patience must undergird and persevere. Patience causes us to wait and to trust. Patience helps us to be still and know that he is God. Patience steadies us to keep our faith working. We can undermine our faith by speaking things, by acting the wrong way, by believing an evil report, by listening to what the world says. We can undermine our faith. But if we let patience do its work, the power of patience do its work, it will steady us to keep us standing. Patience is a powerful twin to faith. The definition of patience is being constant or being the same at all times. James says to be single-minded, not to be blown about by every wind of change, but be single-minded. This is what God has said, that he wants us a church that reaches out to the lost. This is what God has said, that hundreds and hundreds of people will come in. This is what God has said, that you are blessed to be a blessing. This is what God has said, that you're free from every curse and sickness. This is what God has said, that long life will he give you. Yeah? That is what God says, until you're single-minded about that, because if you're not, you're going to go like this. All over the place. Jesus is the same and yesterday, today and forever and he always responds to his word. He's alert and active, watching over it to perform it. So when you start to speak it, he, all of heaven comes to attention. Look, look what they're doing. And I was, you know, the angels, they want to get busy. But if you never speak God's word out, then what are they doing up there? Twiddling their thumbs. We've got to speak God's word because it says that they respond they hearken to the word of the Lord. So if you want angels to be working on your behalf because they are ministering spirits to assist us, if you want angels to be around your workplace, if you want angels down your street, if you want angels surrounding your home, then you better start speaking God's word because they hearken to the voice of the word. When you speak God's word, they don't sit there. You know, they've been sitting there for generations, I reckon, as all silly church people sit there speaking the wrong things and they're going, they're going to start talking right yet? Yeah? Because we need to be people that speak God's word and are patient and then we will inherit the promise. You getting this? Yeah? We have the opportunity when Satan applies pressure to stand in faith. Because he will. Jesus says you'll have trials and tribulations, you'll have pressure. But what did he also say? I have overcome them. Yeah? And he says you'll have stuff come at you but you don't have to yield to that pressure. Your body will come under attack by stuff, but you don't have to yield to the pressure of sickness. When you get out of bed or you wake up and you've got a sore throat, you can go, oh, that's it, I'm out, of, of, I'm out for a week. Oh, I always get a cold every winter. Yeah? What we say. Watch what we're saying. Or we can say, you know what? No, enough of that. I draw a line in the sand. I'm not going to be sick. I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. By the stripes of Jesus, you were healed. Not going to be, but were healed. You are already healed. You just need to grab hold of it and say, this is mine. Because the devil will try to steal it. You are blessed. You're blessed as you come in and you're blessed as you go out. That all of heaven, he says, that he will, if you are a tither and a giver, it says there, he'll pour out such a blessing on you that you cannot contain it. But the angels are waiting there. Come on, Ken. I want to pour some goodness into you. I want to pour some blessing on you. What are you saying? What are we saying? Because they're ready. All of heaven listens for us to speak God's word. And we speak in faith and then we're patient. Thank you, Lord, that the blessing. Thank you, Lord, that I'm blessed. Thank you, Lord, that I'm healed. Thank you, Lord, that our church grows. Thank you, Lord, that my friends and my neighbours and my children are saved. You know? And, and we have to be careful what we're listening to because 
Religion says the opposite quite often. Religion binds up. We are not religious. We're in relationship. Yeah? Shara says that to her friends. Oh, you're the church girl. You're religious. And she goes, no, I'm not. I'm in relationship. She quite often goes, oh, I'd like to be in relationship with you. <laughs> you come to church then. <laughs> Sorry, Shara. <laughs> it was too good. <laughs> and don't forget the ministry of the Holy Spirit and all of this. He is continually working in us and teaching us, interceding and backing up our faith. Yeah? He is mighty power. You know, the Holy Spirit, he is here. And he's here with us all the time and he walks with us. And he reminds us of the things that we've learnt and seen and heard. And he, you know, come on. And you'll hear the Holy Spirit. Come on. Don't give up. Come on. Let patience work in you. Come on. You've got promises that you, you know, don't let go of them. You're pregnant with good things. I hope that's really clear on the tape. Or the, <laughs> the recording. <laughs> I've had one of these people. You're pregnant, Dale. Yeah, I'm pregnant with a school. Yeah. This, <laughs> lots of kids. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> You know, and, and it's where the power of patience is so important. It's when, the, when we're standing on faith and the Holy Spirit is working and interceding and backing us up, is that our power of patience works. And as long as our faith is active, Holy Spirit is active too. When our faith is active and we're standing on what God says, then Holy Spirit, he's there. He'll be backing us up and reminding us. It is not... Um, the word does not say that our faith is developed by trials, but the word does say that the trying of our faith works patience. It's what we do in the trials and pressure that makes a difference, not the fact that we are suffering. Some people think that we are to glory in tribulations, but tribulation is not the goal of Christianity. Suffering is a result of attack. Now we learn, Jesus said that. He says, you'll come under attack. But, we have, but these things I've spoken to you, Jesus said, that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but be of good cheer, because I have overcome them. The glory lies in overcoming trials. That's where we can count the joy. You know, I count the joy. Every time I look at my kids, I count the joy. I brought forth those children with no pain. You know? You know and the doctors and nurses are just like, yeah, how did you do that? And, and now I shared it with Desi, and she says, oh, I had no pain. And I shared it with another lady, and she'd had two children... And, and tough labours, and she got hold of the word that I preached. And sometimes it's not comfortable to preach that. People do not sometimes like hearing it because it makes them feel like they're a failure. And it's not that. It's just I didn't hear. I said, take go where your faith is at. Believe for what you can believe for. And she said, she got out of that hospital room and she had a little um, girl in her arms and she said, I just wanted to go back and do it again. Because she'd got it. She knew the difference between doing it under the curse and doing it under freedom. And the same goes for lots and lots of things that we don't have to do. <laughs> You're whispering down there, Dave. <laughs> the glory lies in overcoming trials. And God wants us to have a testimony. He wants us to be able to shout. He wants us to shine with a testimony of the goodness of God and that he always makes a way through to triumph. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes our faith. Let your faith and what God says, and hearing and hearing and hearing it again, be undergirded by patience as it develops in you so that you will lack no good thing and you'll be complete. Amen? Let's be people of faith and patience. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you that um, overall that you are good, that your tender mercies are extended to all that you have made, all your works, Lord. 
that you are gracious and compassionate to us, Lord, that you give us your word, that it is a living word, that it is your word spoken to us. Lord, I pray as we just study it and read it this week, that the things that we've seen and heard, that it would conceive things in our hearts, those things that might have been squeezed out by the cares of the world, that you would just bring them up again in our hearts and our minds and spirits, that we would be people of faith and patience to inherit the promises we would have awesome testimonies, Lord, each one of us. Because you know, you are no respecter of persons, but you are a respecter of faith and patience, Lord. Holy Spirit, I pray that the words I've spoken tonight will bear fruit in our lives, that they renew our minds, that sink deep down in our hearts, that they would not be stolen. And Lord, no matter what we go through this week, that we would know that you are good, that you are with us, and that we are people of faith and patience as it develops stronger and stronger in us. We pray a blessing on each person tonight, especially Ivan's family. Lord, I thank you that they can be here with us. Bless them and bless the rest of the time here. Lord, we pray for Anna and Ivan as they prepare for their wedding on Saturday, that you just keep them well and healthy and the whole families, Lord. And I know we'd have a great time of rejoicing next Saturday. We pray for perfect weather. Lord, we thank you for the patience and faith that we have in you. And, and sometimes we're able to just see that and others, Lord, and we just pray that you would do that in each one of us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you like prayer, come and see me, but otherwise we're um, going to have coffee and cake and soup. And uh, yeah, have a great week, and we'll see you Tuesday, 7.30 for prayer.